Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. everyone and welcome back to a little better for on this wonderful March the 1st Monday March the 1st is when we're recording this which is otherwise known as the first day of spring training for major league baseball as i look out my window and the snow falls i have to believe that somewhere in fort myers or in arizona <laughs> it is not snowing so i am so excited to have baseball back in this thing we only had like one week with no sports talk and we're back at it and you actually informed me, Drew, that the Red Sox are playing your Braves. So while you talk about why you're a Braves fan, I'm going to pull up the score. I mean, the reason why I'm a fan of every team I am is because when I was growing up, we only had so many channels. So I I watched and I liked who was on the TV in the 90s. So you got the Cowboys, the Braves, and the Michigan Wolverines. So, And usually during this time of year, I watch cheerleading over baseball because I think it's more of a sport than baseball. What? No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Wow, like, this guy. Like this guy. Down. No, but the, the Braves are currently beating the Red Sox 4-2, to two, and it is at the top of the six. So Atlanta's coming back up to bat. Red Sox are chipping away at that lead. So spring training is always an interesting beast. If you're not familiar with baseball, it's when they spend a month playing baseball before they start playing baseball for six months. <laughs> so it's uh, it's an interesting reality. But um yeah, because it's training, they are playing a whole bunch of people who may or may not actually even make the roster. So every once in a while, you'll have a game that just gets ridiculous because they'll lead a pitcher in for like just to see if he can work himself out of a bad inning. <laughs> Somebody will run up like 12 runs or something. So it's always a little bit interesting to see, you know, who are the young prospects and what kind of talent does the team have on with names that, you know, you more than likely haven't ever heard of before um the red sox have kind of a cool setup though down in fort myers where the the red sox field fenway park is very unusual its shape and its wall size out in left field is super weird called the green monster and they actually have like a perfect like reproduction of fenway park down in fort myers because they feel like they have to train their people according to like what's true of that super weird stadium that's actually like part of learning to play for the red sox is playing in their real weird stadium so that's one cool thing about baseball that's not true of football or basketball or those other sports like no difference except for crowd noise and in this case it's not even crowd noise because of covid uh but anyway so your audience with that ramble of baseball yeah they loved that they loved that people were loving it all of all of our fans down in fort myers that listen to this podcast all the time they were like yes we love it um jet blue jet blue park but okay so we're we're in the series grace anatomy but i actually do want to i want to have a quick conversation about um the series that's coming next which is all rise um Tell us a little bit about what that series is. And we had a, an idea for some some title packages that aren't even going to happen, but I think sometimes it's fun for people to know what the process is like. A lot of ideas, more ideas don't happen than do happen, even though we try to do a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff that we try to do that never never even makes it to a Sunday morning. Yeah, so all rise. One, I got to give credit where credit is due. This is a this is my wife is the originator of this idea. So um, I'll deny it uh, from now on, but I'll give her credit here. She, you know, she's been doing a lot of reading and a lot of reading around the gospel. And she said that a courtroom is such a biblical reference to what Christ has accomplished for us. And so the, the gospel can be really simple, but also really, really complicated in the nuances of it. And so 
All Rise is essentially us looking at the gospel through the people in the courtroom, such as prosecutors, advocates, a bunch of legal terms. The gospel at some level is kind of like legalese. And so it's us getting a better understanding of what Christ accomplished for us through like the lens or the filter of a courtroom and the people in it. And so one of the ideas we had was like, hey, let's make this come alive. Let's go into a courtroom and let's shoot some title packages and set up the message. And COVID, like a lot of things, ruined it. <laughs> yeah, we tried. We had a number of connections into some courthouses here in the area in Monroe County. And uh, basically, they're like, look, we're not even holding normal court in here. You can't have, you can't come in here and do not court. <laughs> so anyway, it's totally understandable, but it's a little disappointing because we had some, we had some things planned that I think could have been fun. But like anything, you know, there's always, there's always ideas. And the the thing I so respect about the creative team and, you know, Ian who oversees video and, and, and Nate Vandal oversees creative process and others who have done that in the past, like, Sunday is always coming. So like these ideas have to be thought of in advance. They have to be planned out. And sometimes you're pulling the trigger on a yes or no for an idea, like six days before it has to be seen by thousands of people. So there aren't a lot of people in the world whose jobs require like, you know, six days to produce something really, you know, remarkable and view worthy. So I, I think that team, I, I think the world of them and they put a lot of effort in on stuff that sometimes never even happens. So like certainly props uh, to, to the creative team, uh, a team on which I will never serve because <laughs> creativity has never been my top skill. Uh, That's not true. You bring a lot of creative ideas into sermon prep, which ultimately go sure. into create, creative stuff. So don't sell yourself yeah. short. If if uh, if nerdiness grace, counts, bro. I'm giving you grace is what I'm doing. You see, guys, I, I don't you deserve my best to live out what I preach. Right? I'm just preach the gospel, bro. Talk about giving grace. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of the creative team, though, bro, they they called it all rise, which is like what the that's what all the signs say when Aaron Judge comes up to bat and they have like the judges' chambers and stuff. So the moment I heard that title pack, I mean that series name, I was like, no, no Yankees references up in here, but whatever. Um, speaking of the origin, you talked about how Ashley was kind of the brains behind the, the all rise series, this series, um, grace anatomy, all about grace was one that I remember you bringing up, you know, one time just saying like, I feel like we need to talk about grace. Like giving grace is something that we've forgotten about in, in 2020. So talk to me a little bit about where this heart, I mean, where this series came under your heart and uh, what you're excited about in it. Yeah. I think one thing that that COVID taught me was not to be so rigid in my planning. So um, I'm a planner. If you don't know me, I love to, you know, we just wrote a series after Easter. So we just finished it. And so I'm a planner. Like it's my spiritual gift. I think like I love to be ahead, but I also have to respond to, you know, certain circumstances and know what's going on. And I think grace anatomy is just uh, something that God pressed into my heart just like, man, our, 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 our world and, and Christians in the chaos of COVID and racial tensions and political tensions and you name it, everything we experience, we forgot that we are a people of grace and a people supposed to give grace. And so just I think that refresher and that reminder that I needed, uh, I think probably we all did. And so we started that journey, you know, last week, and I think it's going to be just a good, like I said, I want to shock us like that water shocks you with grace. Mm. That's great. And I, I remember when you first talking about it and, and me thinking like, yeah, I, I probably have spent a lot. I, I have not spent a lot of time thinking in 2020, how do I 
Hey, you know, let's, let's hold off. Let's hold off. Let's think twice about this. Let's not post that thing. Like I, I'm certainly one of the people who's guilty of being too quick to come to conclusions and not giving people opportunities. Um, and it, you know, you, you, I love just a minute ago, you said, I'm trying to give you some grace. In other words, you gave me a compliment about creativity that I don't deserve. And I think that that's important because sometimes we say, would you give me some grace? And what we mean is, would you give me mercy? Cause I think sometimes we're like, Hey man, in other words, like I've done something that's probably not ideal, but like, give me some grace. So like cut me some slack is how we would say it. Cut me some slack, give me some grace. But I love you. You got into the difference between mercy and grace. And I think most of the time we say, give me some mercy. In other words, like, I know I didn't do this thing right, but would you not like, don't come down on me hard, even though I did this thing wrong. Um, so that's an, I was thinking about that as you were making those really nice distinctions between mercy and grace. I thought, I think I've been using that phrase wrong. <laughs> give me some grace. I should be start saying, get me some mercy. And I, I think I'll get some weird looks, but I'll be like, well, technically. And that's my favorite thing in the world to say. So, <laughs> well, and I think it's important to know, like, we don't want to make those things the same because if grace is mercy, it's not enough. Right. Yeah. One of the points, grace is all you need. Right. Mercy is not all you need. Right. So we have to be careful because grace is way more powerful than mercy, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I know it sounds weird, right? That almost feels wrong saying that because God's mercy is so good. It is like, right. I don't want to downplay it, but when you compare it to grace, it isn't good. It, it isn't that level. Grace mm -hmm. saves us, man. It redeems us. It restores us. And mercy, although it is an amazing gift from God, it doesn't compare to grace. Yeah. And, and we get into that in uh, All Rise quite a bit when we talk about the difference between a judge declaring us. There's one thing for a judge to declare us not guilty. It's another thing for a judge to say, not only are you not guilty, here's the keys to my car and you can have my house. Like, that's like, most people would be like thrilled with the not guilty verdict, but it's a whole other level to say like, now actually I'm going to give you the status of being, you know, part of my family or whatever. So that's, and that's ultimately the difference between mercy and grace. And we need both. You can't have grace without mercy, but you also, mercy isn't enough. So anyway, I, I loved that section. And I feel like that's an, a helpful distinction for us to, I think you've said it before and people, maybe some people have heard it before, but it's good to keep on the forefront of our mind. Um, by the way, you talked about, uh, I won't, I won't lie. When you talked about the restaurant Red, I pulled out my phone and Googled it because I had never heard of that restaurant. Um, so yeah, it seems like a pretty, a pretty cool place. This guy like was a big California chef or something. I like read the history of it and then I was like, Oh shoot, I gotta be paying attention. Um, but I'm sure somebody else did that too. Somebody hit me with an email. If you also decided to check out the menu of red real quick during the message. But, um, Hey, we're pulling back into the community, right? So I, it's a good spot. Hey, I told you my weakness was going to food to, to comfort me. So you you know my old big self knows where all the good restaurants are. That's uh, funny. And a butterscotch? I don't know. I don't know if that's my. It shouldn't be any shock with my with my uh, elementary uh, palate. But I don't know if butterscotch is my is my thing. Here's but. what's crazy though, Aaron. Okay, butterscotch is not my thing, right? And this butter, so the reason why this illustration is so good is because this butterscotch pudding is so rich and deep in flavor that you get the sweetness of a butterscotch, but also the 
a coffee flavor to it. And so it's mm. very similar to Grace where you like, you can't really define it in a name. <laughs> you know, you try and you try and it just doesn't compare because oh. it's so rich and it's so deep that I just compared pudding to Grace. Yes, I did, folks. You I heard it man. first. You heard it first on A Little Better with Drew and Aaron, so. A hot take here. When I think of divine grace, what do I think of? The first thing I think of, <laughs> the grace of an almighty God and butterscotch pudding. <laughs> oh, it sounds very strange, but I will take your word for it that it's good. I'll take your word for it. Um, okay, one uh, another topic I wanted to bring up was, uh, you, you said that faith is the initiator of grace, and that's from Ephesians 2, talking about how, by grace, we are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. Um, and he went on to describe that a little bit and how it's it's belief that ushers grace into our life. But we had a good we had a good conversation. Um, I feel like pre-preach comes up a lot because that's sort of like the behind the curtain of the sermon writing process. But, you know, we talked a little bit about how that if someone were to misunderstand that sentence, it sounds like what you're saying is like we make a choice and we manufacture faith. And then God's like, OK, now that I see grace in you. I will give you, I mean, now that I see faith in you, I will give you grace after something that you did for yourself. And you didn't say it. All of your clarifying statements that you verbalized made that clear that it was, you know, faith is a work of God. But um, talk, talk about that a little bit, because obviously that's a, that's a sort of a deep end theological concept about human responsibility and what starts what and all that. But yeah, this might be one of the highly high, highest debated topics, maybe even most important topics, right? Because you're talking about salvation, right? This is the thing we should care most about. Um, and the topic is, what part of faith do we play in, right? Is it a, do I choose faith or is it God drawing me into faith? And out of that drawing, I, I respond by, you know, like, and let's make it clear. No one fully knows, but God, right? So we argue back and forth, but I do think that there is a Holy Spirit drawing and moving. Like we don't just randomly come to faith. It is a work of God. And I think Ephesians makes that very clear. It's not of you. You have nothing to do with it, right? But it's weird because there is a a human response to the message of the gospel, it breaks us and it opens our eyes. And do we choose to like, it's just, uh, sure. you know, I don't fully know all the nuances, but I always lean when I don't know, I'd rather bank on God than bank on me. Right. That's mm -hmm. just kind of the natural, whenever these deep theological questions come, I always naturally inclined to go with God rather than me. And maybe that's a flawed way of thinking when I get to no, see God, I'm like, sense. yeah, you know, you missed it here, Drew, or whatever, but I yeah. just know salvation, the process of salvation is fully God doing something that I couldn't do. And I'm just grateful that I've received his grace. Yeah. And I think that that's the, that's sort of like the nuance of it, right? Like our God drawing us to himself and calling faith out of our dead hearts is itself an act of grace. Mm -hmm. But when we, by his grace are awakened to the reality of faith and he moves our hearts to choose that faith, then he saves us by his grace. So it's like, it's, it's of grace from beginning to end. It's also of faith from, you know, from faith to faith. Like all of these are, it's, it's from faith from beginning to end. It's also of grace from beginning to end because it's in his grace that he chose us. So there's so many, you know, realities inside of all this that we have to keep an eye on. But I think the, hmm. 
the part of it that I just wanted to bring up was just the simple fact that like what you were not meaning by faith is the initiator of grace is that God's sitting around like waiting in heaven. Like, man, I want to give some grace to some people. I'm just waiting for somebody to show me some faith, like show me what you got here, guys, like give me some faith and then I'll initiate the grace process, you know? Um, and obviously that's literally not what you said. It's not what the sentence necessarily means, but I just think it's a good conversation for us to have uh, thinking through Ephesians two, eight, and nine, despite being some of the most powerful, some of the most um, famous verses in the scriptures. In fact, it's this verse that the campus pastor sent out to uh, our people today for the people who signed up for the, the five days of, of grace reminders. Um, it was the one, and I tagged a little note onto mine about how I feel like it's so succinct. It's so concise. It's one of the best in the new Testament for describing what salvation is, but it's also honestly one of the most debated when it comes to this sovereignty of God and salvation. It's one of the most debated because it is also so concise and seems to carry kind of like the kernel or the nutshell of the gospel. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Great. And, um, yeah, I think this next week as we get to giving grace, we'll, we'll wrap it up here, kind of thinking about giving grace, but I, that's where this series becomes most practical, but I loved that you were wanting to do the kind of like the fire hose approach of like, look, we got to load you down this week with just thinking about grace. And then next week, we're going to hopefully hit you with some things that you can do with it. But I, I don't, I don't think it's bad, obviously for us to spend some time just better understanding something like we don't have to in a consumeristic uh, microwave culture where we just want to know everything right now. Like I want to, okay, that's what I know, but now I got to do something like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with this? Even I remember back in school, like you're learning whatever Westiv or calculus or something that, you know, you're probably never going to use again. The, the argument is always like, why do I even have to learn this? Why am I ever going to use this? Yeah. And that same thing can be true of the scriptures. Like, I, why, why does this even matter? How am I going to use this? Or like, how does this impact my life? I, I like that. We spent a week going like, look, you just need to know this, like understand this about grace. And we'll, we'll get to the practical thing later. Yeah. I think that's a, a little bit of a shift I'm making in my, my teaching style. You know, I've been teaching for ever since I've been 20 years old. So like pretty much weekly, I've been teaching God's word, which has been so fun. But, you know, as you grow older and mature and you understand it better, you you make adjustments. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully I never stop making adjustments. But one thing I, I think about a computer, right? In order for an application to work, you first have to download the program, right? And so mm-hmm. it's kind of the, the, the style I'm going after right now is like, I want to be able to download into people's hearts, theology and truth, right? Because when we download that in our hearts, then we can practically out of that download, launch the application, right? That's how mm-hmm. it works for our, our, our anyone, anytime we want to uh, something on our computer, like a, a program or whatever, we download it. So we get the, the information, it comes into our, our system and then we install it into our programs, right? Same thing with, with how, you know, Christianity, we want to download God's word in our heart and out of it living in our heart, it, the application of it begins to just live and breathe. And so that's kind of the way I've been going at it for these last couple series. And we'll continue until God shifts or adjusts my style. I mean, that's just true naturally, but that's kind of what we've been, where we've been going after. Yeah. And I think it has, that has some cool implications, even again, I'm kind of a hyperactive person. I want to like, okay, what do we do? You know, and it can be easy even for me and my teaching to do that same thing of just jump right to like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And certainly we never want to get out of balance, but also I think it's just a good reminder for me that like, even if you gave me a thousand practical steps with grace, 
I'm not going to like be perfect in grace by next Sunday anyway, you know? So like, it probably is not the worst thing for me to only have one thing to work on this week when it comes to grace and next week to have a couple more things to work on with grace. Mm -hmm. Like it reminds me that like, this is a long obedience in the same direction. This is not like this week I got everything I needed to know about grace. Like, (laughs) Hey, it's for me, even sometimes again, in my like, gotta have it now mindset, it's just a good reminder that, this process is a years long thing and I need this gathering or I need this group of people. Or I need another installment of teaching. I need all these things every week for, of every year of the rest of my life. Not just like, well, Hey, I sort of got like, it's not a vaccine, right? Like you don't get it once and you're done. Like this is something that you have to regularly intake in order to have, have it right. And I think that's especially true when it comes to something like grace. Like we talk about preaching ourselves the gospel every day. This is certainly elementary in the sense that it should be early in someone's understanding of Christianity is to understand grace, but it's not elementary in that it means there's nothing new to learn. It means it's foundational. It's the building blocks. If you ever forget this, you're already wrong, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like I, I like that approach, uh, even though I know that this next coming week will likely be more like it might discuss better in community group this, this coming weekend, but that's, it's not all bad. Yeah. No, I agree. It's well said. Okay. We're probably out of time. Let's do this. Let's, let's call it quits. Thanks for spending the time, Drew. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you've got uh, thoughts about red or some other restaurant that you think rivals perhaps with a better butterscotch pudding, I don't know how many, how many restaurants in Rochester are after a butterscotch pudding. Someone find that out and email me. <laughs> uh, if you've got thoughts about that or anything, uh, or even who, who you think is going to win the series between Red Sox and Braves, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and watching yeah, each week, everybody. We're grateful for you. And we'll see you this coming Sunday as we finish up Grace Anatomy. See you guys.